Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into Garbage Takes presented by Denver Stiffs. I'm your host, Jenna Garcia, and today we have two garbage cans in the house. What's up, guys? Ryan Blackburn joining us, the big stiff, the big garbage can tonight. How you doing, Ryan? Oh, thanks. I am supremely <laughs> trashed tonight. Uh, the Nuggets just blew out the Blazers, and I am ready to fire off some takes. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Well, you're going up against Gage. It's pretty tough. How you doing, Gage? I am. I'm doing. I am uh, running on. It's nearing the end of the day for me. I've been up for several hours. It is nearly 1 a.m. Thursday morning for me. I enjoyed watching uh, Denver blow out uh, Portland, and it was it was great to see because I don't think Portland's that good of a team, and I it was important for Denver to come out and say, yeah, no, we're still one of the best teams in the West. Already with the excuses, Gage is down negative two points in today's episode. <laughs> I wasn't making an excuse. It's just getting. It that's was just, an excuse. I'm you, you up. Been up this is so my flu game. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. This is my flu game. I, I'm running on little sleep. MJ had the flu. We're basically the same person. No one knew MJ had the flu <laughs> until later, and not because he wanted yeah, everybody sure. to know. Come on, man. Minus two points for Gryffindor. <laughs> um in today's episode we're going to hit five different topics and we are going to hit them quick basically the way that this is going to go guys is i'm going to pitch you a question and then you guys are going to give me your worst garbage take probably your best take on it and we'll see where it takes us but it's going to be really fun and then i'll give points and there will be a winner and a trophy obviously because why do anything if it's not for a trophy I mean, in Ryan's I defense, agree. he only has garbage takes, so this is so this is this pot was made for him. This is right up my back alley, dude. Let's go! Wow, wow, back alley is back. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's oh, where God. trash cans. I can't live, believe I just so said that on air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, where the trash go. cans live, we, so it's okay. It makes sense. First question <laughs> for you guys. What do you think about the Giannis contract? Was it good? Was it bad? And how does it affect Denver? Go, Ryan. It wasn't just good. It was great. It was great. I am excited about Giannis Antetokounmpo playing for the Milwaukee Bucks for the rest of his career. He's a Dirk Nowitzki superstar. He's a guy who is going to be great for that city. Already has been great for that city. And when he wins a championship, and I do think it will eventually happen, it's going to be so incredibly rewarding for him and for that for that team, for that city. It's a great standard to set for Denver as well with Nikola Jokic. I love it. See, now I'm bad. I wanted to disagree with you. I wanted to say, nope, see, Ryan's an idiot, guys, but I can't. I love it for Giannis because Giannis absolutely deserved it. He's been the best player in the NBA over the last two years, obviously. He's rapidly ascending. He is, he's constantly evolving his game. He plays both ends of the floor, and you love to see that because that doesn't always happen in the modern NBA. 
I also love it for I also love it for Milwaukee because they're a small they're a small city and everyone is like, oh, they're gonna get bullied. They're not gonna get it. It's gonna get taken away by a bigger by a bigger team, Miami, L.A., whoever. That didn't happen. And again, for Denver, Denver's not a big market, and Denver has signed Jokic, and they have Jamal Murray locked in. They have Michael Porter Jr., who's a budding star. So I think that this sets a great precedent for these small market teams who traditionally everyone's like, oh, well, they're not going to actually compete for a superstar. This is good for everybody all around. Plus, it also keeps Giannis in the East and not in the West. And I think that we can all agree that's a good thing for Denver when it comes to the playoffs. Well, I got to say, um, if you guys take the same side on every issue, I won't be able to give out correct. That'll be the last one, because that one right there was a really easy one to take the same side on. I like I, I couldn't I couldn't go against Giannis because I love the player. And but it was it was too easy to take the same side. Yeah. But what if he stays you know what there? I think it's the most interesting part money. of this. Uh, he, he would be a loser at that point. But right now, right now, I will say that. This take is really interesting because there are no losers. There are no losers in this deal. And here's why. The Miami Heat, they were set to sign Giannis. They just made the NBA Finals this past year. They're going to be fine. Dallas Mavericks, they have Luka Doncic. They're going to be fine. They wanted Giannis. Who cares? They still have Luka. Toronto, they've still got Masai Ujiri. They've still got a boatload of cap space. They just won a championship in 2019. They are fine, too. Uh there are no losers in this deal. Milwaukee's a winner. Giannis is a winner. He just made $200 million by signing this deal. Like, everybody should be happy about this. Yeah, and, yeah. there's no there's no losers here. The only people that are unhappy or losers, quote-unquote, is the, the teams that you, that didn't get it. That's the that are, Those are the only losers here. Um, and, uh, and for Milwaukee, this is, like you said, this is huge because they made big swings this offseason, like with the Drew Holiday deal and everything else they tried to do. Obviously, the Bogdan thing that if they were out, the Lakers, they would have gotten to do, but because they're a small market team, they got they it was tampering, whatever. Well, big big, big media bias. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> does it guarantee that he will stay in Milwaukee for sure for that time? Isn't there a chance that he could potentially still sign with a different team? There certainly is, but they get him for his prime. Like he's he's I think uh twenty six now, twenty seven in, in that range. Like they're yeah, gonna I think get he's him. Only 20, no, he's only like twenty five, isn't he? I, they're gonna get him for the best years of his career. Like it, it's it's a wonderful thing for the NBA for for the Milwaukee Bucks themselves. Like could he be like could he be a a player who signs in a different city at some point? Maybe, maybe so. But for the time being. The, the Milwaukee Bucks are a winner because they're about to get him for his age 26 to age 30 season, 31 season or so. Yeah, he just and turned 26 the, on the fourth. So he is. Yeah, that's that's about as good as you can get for an NBA superstar. Yeah, no, it's. Yeah, so I don't I, I don't see any path to him leaving. I think he's locked in there. And I think with them handing over that much money, the, this is the type of move where it doesn't matter what he wants over the next five years. They're going to make it happen. Because they're saying, "Yep, this is we're with Giannis. We got to make a championship team around him." And I don't, and I don't think that there's going to be anything that they do wrong. Like unless the franchise just completely trades away everybody and just like tr- completely alienates them, which I don't think happens because he's really endeared himself to this city and to this team. He's not going anywhere. I think Giannis is a buck for life. Well, since you guys both agreed on that one, I guess I'm going to go with the minus two points that I took away from Gage. You get zero. You know, you get 
plus two gauge. So you're back, back to, to zero. zero. Okay, cool. You know, you're ready. You're in this game now. Um, Ryan, you're staying at zero because you agreed with gauge, even though you're very articulate. Very oh, articulate. Even, even though I had it first. <laughs> that's too bad. <laughs> Here we go. Take number two. Let's hear your best garbage take for who, what, or what thing. Who or what is going to be the Nuggets' biggest crutch, crutch this season? Gage, you're up first. Uh, the biggest crutch this year is going to be the starters. Um, obviously, the bench took a big hit with the loss of Jeremy Grant. Um, I think, and I could say like an individual player like a, like Jokic or Murray. And actually, when I was doing my notes earlier, I was kind of like trying to think about who I was going to go with. But it's it's the starters because last year Denver's starting five had, if not the best net rating at the end of the year. It was pretty close to it. I know they were the best for the majority of the season. Obviously, injuries kind of hampered things, but they had the best net rating. The Will Barton was playing defense for the first time in a while, and he was playing really good defense. Uh, Gary Harris was playing good defense. His offense still wasn't quite there, but he was he was locked into his role. Millsap was knocking down threes. Jokic was playing like an MVP candidate again. Jamal Murray was really budding. Didn't he wasn't the bubble superstar that he became later in the year, but he was pl- he was playing defense. Just some, which is automatically more than he had played throughout the start of his career. And I like the bench. I like the pieces they have, but I'm not sold on it yet. Uh, I think that Porter has some, he really needs to work on his defense. I need to see more on that end. Uh, Bobo is a backup center and and Isaiah Hartenstein or whoever else they're trotting out. I'm not sold on that bench rotation yet. So I think that the starters really need to come out and as soon as they hit the floor on opening night, they need to be clicking on all cylinders. There can't be any rust. There can't be any, oh, we're not we're not gelling yet. They got to come out and they got to hit it hard because the best that's what the best teams do. The best teams have their starting fives locked in. They're firing every single night. And if the bench has any rust, which we saw last year, we saw the bench would give away leads. They wouldn't tread water. They would they would just they would just let water in. They just would blow big leads, and that's a problem. So if the if the bench is going to have that happen, which I think is a possibility early in the year, the starters are the it's all comes down to them. If Jokic and Murray and those guys regress at all, this West will devour them. Yeah, I think I would probably pick Will Barton as as the biggest crutch for Malone this year. He is going to be a player who Malone relies upon consistently, and as somebody who has gotten the Nuggets through thick and thin ever since Malone has been here. Uh, Will Barton actually predates Michael Malone. He was here before Michael Malone was here. And ever since that point, Will Barton has been a consistent part of Denver's rotation. His role has grown every single season. And this could be the first year that his role steps back. But I think it's also possible that Malone overutilizes him and underutilizes Michael Porter Jr. We're at a point where this team is sort of transitioning into a new identity. And Will Barton could potentially be a part of that. He could continue to do his thing while also allowing Michael Porter Jr. to shine. They could also be in a position where Will Barton plays a little bit too much, Michael Porter Jr. doesn't finish enough games, and the Nuggets don't take the step forward that we think that they can. So I'm watching that closely this year. I think that there's going to be a really interesting piece of Denver's puzzle is Will Barton off the bench. I mean, it was made clear tonight, though, that Barton doesn't want to take a step back. I, we talked about it before we got on air here that he said to the media he has no plans to be the sixth man. He has no plans to do that. Sorry, Michael Porter Jr. is the future at the small forward position, power forward, whatever you want to term it. The, he's the future forward of this team. Barton even talked about it during the bubble that 
Porter was the future. He said it. Dude, take your own advice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, th- I think there's there's definitely a, a reason to think that uh, Barton is going to have to take a step back. And it could be Harris who has to take a step back. It could be Paul Millsap who has to take a step back. But I think everybody has to have that on their minds. Those guys are all veterans, though. And Michael Malone, he's going to rely on them a lot. Well, Ryan, I'm going to give you a high five for that round. What's up? Hell yeah, let's go. High five. Let's go. I think you hit it right on the head because Will Barton is such a crutch, but also because you included Michael Malone in there. Because I think Michael Malone might be part of the reason, part of the crutch, right? Because he gets to make some of those decisions and he really does have in his power the ability to either give the young guys an opportunity or stick with those veterans. And that could be difficult for the Nuggets this year. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Heading back to a broader picture, there were a lot of teams that made several changes over the very short offseason that we had this between the bubble and now. And... I want to know which team in the West is going to make the playoffs this year that didn't make it last year. Ryan, we'll start with you. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. I think that that is going to be a wonderful team. Chris Paul just traded there uh, from Oklahoma City. That team feels like they're going to fall out, and Phoenix feels like a great team to replace them there. They're right in line. Devin Booker is going to be awesome there again. Uh, he may be an all-star this year. DeAndre Ayton is still developing. Mikhail Bridges is still developing. They just added Jay Crowder to their roster as well. That is a team that is surprisingly deep, that looks pretty good on paper. And I think that with Chris Paul there, they're going to really click. And they're they're going to find a groove at, groove at some point, and that's going to put them into the playoff picture for sure. Yeah, I knew you were going to go with the boring team in the Phoenix Suns, so I'm going to go with the more exciting team, and I'm going to go with the team that everyone wants to see there, and yes, it's the team that big media wants to see there. I'm going with the Pelicans. As soon as Zion Williamson Ooh. came in to the fold last year, this Pelicans team was playing like one of the best teams in the NBA in terms of their offense. I loved their pace. Their pace of play wore Denver out. They, be, they, If I remember correctly, they beat Denver twice in the regular season last year without Zion because Denver just flat out couldn't keep up. I love the up and down nature of this offense. I love the defensive pieces there in Lonzo Ball. Uh, Zion, I think he can take another step this year. I really loved what we saw from Brandon Engram last year. I just think that New Orleans has all the pieces to do it. I like their, sh- I like they have a good amount of shooting. I, I would like a little bit more there. Um, I really want to see them unlock Zion's potential, really utilize him in the best ways possible. I think that that's what the best teams do. I think that that's one of the things of having Stan Van Gundy there now. Obviously, he unlocked Dwight Howard, turned him into the multi-time Defensive Player of the Year, and every and all of his accolades during his Magic days was Dwight was a different kind of player for the NBA, and obviously he's nothing close to what the NBA is now. Zion is a beast that we haven't seen. He's at he's six six, two hundred eighty pounds. He's He's short, squatty, but super explosive. 
Uh, and I think that he and this team can really make a lot of noise in the West. Like you said, the Thunder regressed. I still have issues with the Suns. I don't really like the way they're constructed. I think getting rid of Kelly Oubre was a was a, a bad play in my in my opinion. I personally thought Kelly Oubre was the second best son behind Devin Booker. I thought it was Devin Booker and then Kelly Oubre and then DeAndre Ayton was third, but Ayton was third just by no, no one else being there. Yeah. Push that, push back on that a little bit. Like DeAndre Ayton's just a, a second year player who's continuing to grow. Like I yeah, think that I there's mean, a lot of untapped potential there. To make you grow, yeah, cool. Uh, I, hey, hey, we we understand. Like that's definitely a part of it. But he's past that. We're all good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think the really important piece of this thing is that is anybody on New Orleans capable of running a pick and roll in the half court? Like, are we are we talking about like like Eric Bledsoe or Lonzo Ball? Like, is Brandon Ingram going to have to be LeBron at this point? Like, is Steven Adams going to space the floor and hit threes? Like, like what are we talking about here? Yeah, I'm, the, I'm worried yeah, I, about I, that I offense for the, sure. I have issues with the sh- like I said, I have issues with the shooting, uh, and they need they need more. I think that they would be wise to make a move for another shooter this year. But I, I just, I like the way this team's constructed and I like the, and I think they're a fun team. I think that the, and I also don't think Chris Paul father time remains undefeated. And that's just, that's, that's how I'll put it. Your big move to get Devin Booker and Deandre Aiden engaged is to trade for Chris Paul, who yes, turned back the clock last year, had a great season, but he's still, he's what? 36 now, 37. I, I, I think that that was a, it was a short-sighted move, but it makes sense because that's what Phoenix does all the time. Ooh, man, that was a good round. Holy cow. You guys made compelling arguments. And while I do think the Suns look like a pretty fun team, I'm going to have to go with the Brave Heart Award for Gage. I'll take Brave it. Brave because, <laughs> you know, the uh, there can be it's only pretty one, well Ryan. <laughs> It's pretty well known that I'm not a fan of the Pelicans or of the fact that the NBA is so far up there. Um, I don't yeah, want to no, say, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you don't have to say it. We, we all know. Like I admitted right. it. I because admitted it during my argument. Exactly, and I gotta say, you know, compelling argument for Chris Paul against Chris Paul, I guess, actually being helpful towards that Suns team gets you the Brave Heart Award. So. It's one high five for Ryan and one brave heart for Gage right now. Moving on to question number four. This one is interesting because uh, Will Barton actually got into tonight's game. And for the first game of this preseason that he's been able to participate in, he um, ends up going, getting nine points, two rebounds, two assists, but looks pretty good in that second unit. Had a lot of praise from both Malone and you know, fans in that second unit looked pretty good. When Millsap was asked post game about Will Barton's play and just how excited he was to have him back, he commented about how his voice in the locker room was such a big deal um, about how Will Barton is a big playmaker for this team that he doesn't just uh, shoot the ball, but he also passes the ball well and facilitates well. Um, And that Will Barton is, absolutely 100% a starter. And then we heard Will Barton also say he has no plans of not starting. Um, Gary Harris started tonight and only went 7-3-3, so not much improvement. But is Will Barton the starter that he thinks that he is? I think Will Barton should start on this team. I think he should start on this team, and I think he should start over Paul Millsap. Uh, I like Paul Millsap. Uh, I like the – smart player that he is. I love the veteran leadership that he brings to this roster, but 
I think that you start and play your best five, and I think the best five is Jokic, Murray, Harris, Barton, Porter. That's that's what I think your best five is. Yes, I understand that there's not a lot of defense there. Yeah, you said Gary only had seven points tonight. I don't care. Uh, we saw in the playoffs that when Gary came back, the defensive intensity jumped dramatically on this roster, and this team really hit a different level. I don't care if you're not playing elite defense because the NBA doesn't want you to play that anymore. The NBA wants you to score. Fun fact, you can't win if you don't score more points than your opponent. And Barton in the lineup allows you to do that. It gives you more ball handlers. Porter still isn't quite there as a ball handler yet. He has some decent moves there, but he's still a little stiff. And so having a three-man lineup that has Jokic, Murray, and Barton in it, all who can handle the ball at one time, that just makes your offense more dangerous. I already said earlier that you have to rely on the starters, and Barton in the starting lineup absolutely makes a lot of sense. And plus with the way the modern NBA works and the way Malone really alters his rotations, they get really weird. You got guys that are like Mason Plumlee last year was playing 20 minutes every single night for some reason. And it just it doesn't matter who's the starter. You're going to see guys get minutes here and there. So Barton will get a lot of run as like the lead guy on the second unit as a starter. So yeah, I think he's a starter because he's shown that he has the ability to do so. That If that means Millsap goes to the bench, so be it. I'm going to take a different opinion. You know what happens when you're a really good team? You're surrounded by really good players. There's a lot of talent on this roster. There's a lot of guys that deserve to play. Will Barton has been a starter caliber player for the last two seasons for the Nuggets. He was great last season, really well, really operated well in that third option role. Unfortunately, the Nuggets have Michael Porter Jr. who operates well in that third option role as well. He could even be better than that. And so the, the opportunity to give him those opportunities, those reps, what's going to be best for the team now and going forward is to have Will Barton come off the bench. And I know that's tough for a lot of people to hear, but Gary Harris, his defense, along with Jamal Murray, whose defense has improved, by the way, having those guys in the backcourt is going to improve your backcourt defense. Michael Porter Jr. adds a different dimension of, of offense at the wing position. He made some plays defensively tonight at the three position that I think were also very impressive. Paul Millsap, still not washed, looks pretty good tonight against the Blazers and going up against Robert Covington and and as Cantor and guys like that. He, he played pretty well, had 18. I, I thought he was fantastic tonight. Uh, Nikola Jokic is obviously going to be out there. Those six players are going to be your big minute guys for the Nuggets this year, and they're all going to play a ton. Some of those guys are, are all five of those guys are going to close every single night, and it could be Barton. It might not be Barton. It could be Millsap. It might not be Millsap. Whatever the case may be, Michael Malone is in a position where he gets to play all of those guys a bunch of minutes, and it shouldn't be a problem who's starting and who's sitting, because I think Barton's going to close on this team, and he's going to be a great guy for it. He profiles well for this team going forward off the bench, and I think that he's going to have to accept that role. More importantly than who's starting for this team, I have a quick question for you, Ryan. Who's closing for this team? Obviously, we know Murray, Jokic, probably Harris. Who are the other two in in your mind? I think it's going to just depend on matchups. Like if you're facing the Los Angeles Lakers and they have Marcus Gasol and Anthony Davis out there, I think you probably put Paul Millsap out there too. Okay, fine. I Here, let me let me the... rephrase the question. Who is the best? What's the best five for this roster? I don't care about matchup, just best five. I think it's the five that you listed. Okay. I think it's Murray, Harris, Barton, Porter, Jokic. 
And I think that that lineup more often than not is going to close. But as we've seen with a lot of teams, a lot of championship caliber teams, it doesn't have to be the starting unit. Yeah. That unit, when they close, is going to be really important for Denver. And I think they're going to be important still. It's just about getting over yourself and really understanding that starting it doesn't mean everything. I mean, we've seen guys not get over themselves before, and now they're in Minnesota. So, Yeah, we're on the Blazers. So... <laughs> Um, True. I don't, good round, guys, and it is a tough question. I know it's going to be really tough for whichever way it goes, right, for whoever is ending up heading to the bench because these guys are have all been starting caliber players in the last several years. But like Ryan said, it's nice to have a lot of great players on one team. It's not a bad problem to have for sure. Um, two goal stars for Ryan. I agree. I think – Barton comes off the bench is actually an asset, whether it goes down, um, you know, correctly or well, or um, cordially is a different story. Final question for the evening and for the pod. Uh, we've gotten into some good stuff. Gage, you're really going to, you, you, you're two gold stars behind. So you really got to pick up your pace. Although you do have that one Braveheart, I do have that Braveheart award, deep. which I'm pretty sure that that carries a lot of weight. I have a yeah. How many stars make one Braveheart is the real question here. <laughs> we got to ask the audience on that one. We'll we'll leave it up to them. <laughs> yeah. Final question of the evening also kind of wraps around and focuses on tonight's game. The Nuggets end up pulling out a big win, like Ryan said, against the Portland Trail Blazers. And I was arguing on last night on the Chicken Nuggets that the Blazers might be the best rival for the Nuggets now because I think they've surpassed the Jazz but it looks like they surpassed the Blazers too are the Blazers bad Ryan yeah I think well no they're not bad let's let's rephrase that they're fine they're they're in a position where they have a really great player in Damian Lillard he is awesome no no questions asked Yusuf Nurkic coming off of a major injury like that dude he didn't look the same in the bubble despite what his stats say CJ McCollum has never been an all-star caliber player, despite what people want to say about him. They added Robert Covington, who is a great role player, but they may need more than that because their top three players aren't exactly, like, blowing the doors off of anybody in the West. Everybody in the West, if you're a really great team, you have two all-star caliber players and a third guy who's probably approaching that. The Blazers aren't that. CJ McCollum is kind of topped out as a good, not great player. A good, a great player, not an all-star type. Like, I, I tend to think that this this Blazers team, if they are greater than the sum of their parts, then they could be good. But right now, the sum of that parts is not great. And th- we saw in their defense today, the, the Nuggets just shredded them because they, they knew how to play together. That was it. I mean, so you you want to say, yeah, they're not great, but this isn't new. This The whole reason the Blazers got blown out tonight is because they couldn't score. When if like if Lillard or McCollum don't just have a nuclear game where they're just knocking down everything, they combined for 27 points, shot a combined 10 of 28 from the floor. Lillard went one of eight on threes. They were terrible. So yeah, they're gonna get blown out. I will say their bench is a who's who's of names. It's not really good, but it's a who's who's of names. You got Roddy Hood on there. You got Mello, you got Ennis Cantor, Harry Joss. They got all sorts of names there. None of them are really gonna like move the needle for you, but it's a lot of it's a lot of good stuff. It'll probably put butts in the seats, which is great. But yeah, no, this this Blazers team isn't that good. I personally think that the Jazz are a better are a better rival for uh, Denver because they. I feel like Denver and 
Utah generally have better matchups. I feel like they play. I feel like they play well together. I don't think that the Jazz are that good. I think that the Jazz could fall out of the playoffs this year just as easily as the as easily as the Thunder can because Lillard can carry you. But the difference between Lillard carrying a team to the playoffs and a, and a guy like Harden carrying a team to the playoffs or Russ in OKC was those guys had some help. For Lillard, it's Lillard has to go off and McCollum has to be good. Or McCollum has to go off and Lillard has to be good. One or the other. That's But this roster is just not deep enough, especially in this West, which is loaded. We've already talked about how, like, Phoenix is, they're poised to make it, whatever, if Paul manages to stay healthy. If, I like, Pelicans have a chance to make it. The, the, there's a lot of teams in the hunt here. Blaze, if the Blazers miss the playoffs this year, I would not be stunned. I don't think one of the, they're one of the eight best teams in the, in the West. And that's hard to say with a guy as amazing as Lillard is and as good of a number two option as McCollum is but I just I don't think that as a sum of parts I don't think they're one of the eight best well it sounds like we have a pretty tight score here tonight I'm gonna have to go with Gage on that one Gage I think you tied it up um First episode of the garbage takes. I, I got to say, it feels like a tie. I definitely agreed with Ryan on some of those takes. And, and Gage brought it too. He brought the heat. But all in all, most importantly, it was garbage. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> Love doing it. Had a good time with this one. Uh, this is a really interesting pod that we're going to try and debut and have a good time with. Jenna's going to host this one. We're going to rotate in some new guests every week and going to have a good time. So, but Jenna, thanks for letting us debut on here. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, Jenna, thanks for putting up with us for this entire time, because I know that I'm unbearable. Ryan's worse, but I'm, I'm pretty unbearable. <laughs> no guys, it's been a blast. <laughs> and I think we should even have some garbage take episodes that are focused, like maybe an MJ LeBron, you know, Gage and Riley going at it. MJ versus LeBron garbage takes. Love it. Love it. We could we could do that. Or we could we could debate the best player in the NBA and why it's Nikola Jokic. I, I think that would be a great episode. It would yeah. take two minutes. What are you talking about? That's it's it's done. You don't gotta debate that. We know. <laughs> we know we know that that's that, that's a fact. There's no there's no garbage there. There's no fat. It's yep, done. Case no arguments. Exactly why, why does everybody take, agree? <laughs> that's exactly why that take can't be on, on this podcast. Because this podcast is for garbage takes. We appreciate all of you guys tuning in and checking us out. And we'll be back with more Garbage Takes next week.